This is the Outdoor Family Podcast. Welcome to the Outdoor Family Podcast. This is the devotional series with Isaac Slaughter. Um, I'm your host, Mitch Slaughter. Hey, Ike, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I am doing well. Um, what are you up to? I am... I've been working on some things here. I'm at a coffee shop. Um, getting some schoolwork and work stuff done, so... Mm-hmm. You seem like you're always at a coffee shop. I, I've talked to you multiple times when you're at a coffee shop. Then, yeah, yeah, I um, I frequent them. That's for sure. You so, frequent them. Why? Why um, do you think you frequent coffee shops so much? Um. Well, I think first I frequented them because I was in college, and they're just a good place to work on stuff for me. Um. But then I think, well, then along with college, now I'm a college pastor, so then I just meet students for coffee. So then I end up at them. So. I know there's a lot of times, like yesterday, I, uh, no, Tuesday, um, whatever day it is, Tuesday, there were a couple days ago, yeah, whatever, a couple days ago, um, I met a student for coffee, um, and um, I just went ahead and was like, oh, I'll just meet you there, and realized I think I was meeting him at 2.30, and I met him, at, or I just got there at like 1 and worked on stuff until he got there, so that just happens a lot, so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's an interesting atmosphere. I've never spent hardly any time in a coffee shop, but part of the reason is I'm not real big on coffee. So yeah, yeah. Yep. So like, what's your favorite drink to get? Like, what is my favorite drink? Um, I like black coffee. Um, uh, just black. Uh, about any any sorts of flavors or anything. Um, but um, probably my favorite. Um, I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but just a good standard. But then I also like um, a Cafe Miel. Okay, um, you got to explain it for us. I'll ignorant explain people. that. Um, so, well, if you live in northern Indiana, there's um, oh, it, there's a few coffee shops um, that sell them. Um, from what I know, they're not a super like wide thing. Um, but um, basically, Cafe Miel is... Um, steamed milk um with uh espresso and then honey and cinnamon mm. actually that does sound pretty good i mean so, i guess it, to fill people in you did briefly work at a coffee shop yeah i did work at a coffee shop for about well, how long did i work there and made coffee and things uh for mm, about four months or so Actually, so, yeah. it was right up before COVID, right? That kind of yep, nixed, nixed your that's kinda, Yeah, that's part of the reason I stopped working. I was, well, I was transitioning from part-time job to trying to find a full-time job, and that got my part-time job got nixed short because of COVID. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, yep. So yeah, I was worked there right before COVID hit, and as all restaurants and any place serving food, that definitely played a role into uh, what happened. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it seems like everybody's got. It seems like everybody talked to nowadays. That coffee is like so popular. It's. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. a fad. I don't feel like coffee was so as popular back in the day. But maybe, maybe it was more like you know you had coffee at breakfast, not not like coffee shop type <laughs> element. I guess. Yeah, I think like coffee's always been there, but it's almost more. I don't know. It's uh. I think it's become more of a. Um, social 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 event as well of just like yeah of like hey i'm gonna meet let's meet and get coffee or and talk and 
that type of thing. Well, so. I mean, you think about it, it's kind of like the new bar you know, type idea, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I joked around sometimes that when I was a barista, which is a person who makes coffee, just fancy word for that. Sometimes I joked around that I was a um, Christian bartender. I mean, that's kind of what a coffee so. know, a coffee shop <laughs> is. I mean, yeah. So, so, but yeah. Do you drink some coffee, right, Mitch? I do, just a little bit. Um, it's it's I don't know. It's something that's still kind of growing on me. It's just I have to put some creamer in there, and uh, it just besides, besides the one time you drink a bunch in one day. I did do that once. Yeah, it was, a, it was a bad idea. Yeah, it messed me up real bad. Uh, just for reference, Mitch, th- I, was this like really one of the first times you drank coffee? Yeah, it was probably about the first time. Like, seriously drank coffee one Seriously time. drank coffee, yeah. And I think, did you have, like, close to, like, 90 ounces of coffee or <sighs> I something? drank, I don't know, Isaac. It was so much coffee, it was ridiculous. Okay, I okay, just my, you told I, me. I gotta, can I defend myself for a second here? Yeah, you can defend yourself. I know why you did it. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> so, actually, I'm more of a pop dude, I guess you say, especially Mountain Dew. So, like, you know, I'm thinking any day, I, I mean, back in college, I could drink I could drink way too much pop and it wouldn't really affect me. So I was thinking, you know, I could, it was, I was going to try to drink some coffee one day and say, well, I'll just start drinking it and try to replace my pop intake. I, now I don't drink that much pop in a day, but, um, I just started drinking a bunch and I was like, okay, yeah, here we go. And, and sure enough, I ended up drinking like, it'd be like equivalent of two fountain pops are better in one day which is a bad thing for coffee but i i didn't understand the caffeine ratio, ratio. between pop and <laughs> um coffee and it really jacked me up for yep. a good 24 hour period so yeah yeah uh, yeah um i remember kelsey saying that you could not lay still that night yeah so. <laughs> i'm still so. convinced pop is better than coffee it's in in so many ways, <laughs> but that's whatever. The the there's a definitely a um, caffeine to amount of caffeine ratio to amount of ounces is a lot different in coffee than pop. So mm-hmm. yeah, and pop just tastes yeah. better. I I don't I I'm still trying to figure out this <laughs> coffee thing, but whatever. Oh. You know. Oh well, just people pref- people's preferences. That's true. So hey, well, uh, we've been talking for actually. We got distracted. We'll come back to coffee at the end, but we'll get going on the devotional. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds good. We got that's like our <laughs> okay. longest intro ever. Like, so yeah. Um, anyways, um, I thought of the day you drank a lot of coffee, and I just always think that's hilarious. Um, it's embarrassing anyways. to be honest. <laughs> well, sorry to brought it up. Um, so yeah, we'll come back to coffee shops then, um, I, and that will kind of close out our time talking about the uh, idea around coffee shops. So, um, so yeah, you want to pray? I'll pray. Actually, Mitch, you want to pray, and then we'll jump in. Yeah, I'll pray. Uh, Father, just thank you for this time, the opportunity to listen to um, the word Isaac's bringing us to us and i just pray that you just guide over and soften our hearts and minds and souls so that we can soak it up soak it up like a sponge and not just take it in but then be able to regurgitate it and uh, just help it be part of our life and the, the people we bump into and interact with father i just pray for all that amen
Okay, um, so today we are going to jump in, um, and uh, so this month, at the beginning of the month, um, I mentioned Kelsey talked about just kind of different things, preparing for camping, um, and then um, this last week uh, they talked about uh, um, kind of your camping list um, and what goes into that a little bit, I'm pretty sure, um, and so... <clears throat> Now, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit, I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about being prepared with armor of God, and we're going to continue talking a little bit about this idea of being prepared. And so, we talked a lot about being prepared this month, we have talked a lot about being prepared this month, Mitch, that's a tongue twister, um, and so I guess simple question, it's kind of a simple question, I just want to see what your answer is um, for you, is how do you prepare for something? Um, pretty much anything I prepare for, I, uh, make a checklist, um, of mm. some nature, it, whether it's actually writing it down on a piece of paper or make a mental checklist. And, and a lot of times it's, I've done this where I try to do it in a order of like, when will I need it? Like first, second, mm-hmm. last, yeah. um, type thing. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, I guess I do. I make a checklist to being prepared i mean i definitely do that um i know i do that for work usually like on mondays when i get in the office i will um i use um one note which is just a place to take notes on your laptop basically um if you don't know what that is but i'll type out monday through thursday um monday through friday and um Sometimes I have Friday off of my job because I work on Sunday, so that's why I said Monday through Thursday. But um, we, but then I'll just type in, okay, what are the list of things I need to do each day this week? Um, and that kind of gives me my list and my direction I'm going for the week and kind of helps me prepare for the week. Um, that way, hopefully, I don't spend as much time during the week figuring out what I need to do. Um, and so, yeah, I think list is a big thing. Um, I know... I make lists for work. I make lists. Um, I mean, even I was used to even thinking like studying. Um, say you're studying for a test if you're a college student or in high school or whatever. Like, make a list of things you need to study, um, and then you go through those things. Um, and so that's a lot of times what a study guide is. It's a sort of a list. Um, and so <clears throat> being prepared for something. Uh, one way to do it is make a list. Um, we're not necessarily talking about lists today, but I think that's a great thing um is this idea of making a list and we'll um kind of make a list um but indirectly uh so as we jump in we're going to be talking about uh first peter um we'll be in first peter 3 uh verses 13 to 16 and we're going to talk so talk about being an armor letting out the armor of god um uh putting jesus on a lot a couple weeks ago now we're going to talk about uh being prepared to share the gospel um, and what that looks like, and so, this, so we'll, let's um, let's just go ahead and read the scripture passage for today, and we'll walk through that and dive in, um, and uh, we'll um, go through that. We'll run through some stuff, and then at the end, me and Mitch will have a little bit more of a discussion about a couple of things um, to kind of close out. So let's jump into First Peter chapter three, um, verses thirteen to sixteen. Um, so you guys can turn there with us or just listen along. Um, don't turn there if you're driving in your vehicle. That's dangerous. Um, so starting in verse 13, um, 1 Peter 3. Um, let me get there. Um, so in verse 13, we see um, 
Peter's talking about suffering for what is right. Um, and then verse 14, or, yeah, verse 14, we get in um, to that, you don't need to be afraid. Um, and then uh, we jump into 15, and that's kind of this key area where we're going to sit. Um, and I think suffering for what is right is important in 13, because I do, like, we need to continue to do good even if it's hard. Um, and then do not fear. We need to continue to live out our faith without fear. And that kind of leads up to this um, idea of what's in verse 15 um, when we talk about um, the first part. I want to this first very first set, or sentence in verse 15 says, "But in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord." Uh, I think that's a really important part of this. And so, a question for you, Mitch: um, What does it mean to be set apart? Um, in my mind, it's to separate out from kind of like the rest. Um, is to mm-hmm. set up, I mean, it's pretty simple, I guess, thought process there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's that separation. Um, and so I looked this up, I actually did a little bit of a um, word study on it, and that kind of fun thing. Um, and so, yeah, the set apart um, is what my translation says, and then as I did it, one another word that says it talks about is it says sanctify. Um, and so, in this uh, area of scripture, it sanctify means to render or to acknowledge. Um, so part of this is even just acknowledging Christ um, and what is going on and what is happening, acknowledging Christ. And then another idea, and a lot of you guys might have heard this before too, is this idea of um, with like being set apart is being uh, to be like holy. Um, and which is also like to be pure and to cleanse, to be cleansed, um, and that type of thing as well. So you get this imagery of acknowledging Christ to be set apart, to be holy in Christ, um, to be pure. Um, and, and I think this goes back to like not fearing and suffering for what is right is we need to live this out well. Um, and so we need to live out our faith well, um, which goes back to a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the armor of God. And so now we need, uh, we move on to, um, the rest of verse 15. Um, and that talks about always being prepared for the hope that you have. Um, so, my, here's a question. Here's two questions. Um, well, I'll ask one answer and then go to the next. I'll ask you the next one here, Mitch. So, first one is, what is your hope? What is my hope? Uh, like, what do you mean by what is my hope? Just, Just answer it. I know it's very bland. Um, my hope is to raise a family that is knows Christ. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, to raise a family that knows Christ. And um, so that would be... Um, so later in this year, it talks about sharing our hope. And so it would be, hey, maybe you're sharing your hope of, like, I want to raise a family in Christ. And that ultimate hope, though, is... Um, our ultimate hope is Jesus um, and Him dying on the cross and going to heaven and that type of thing. And so we have this idea of um, what is our hope. And so... We need to know what our hope is, um, and then uh, kind of define that of like that our hope is Jesus, um, and uh, Jesus talks about having living. In a, he wants to give us abundant life here on this earth. That's living out what He called us to, and then also our future hope um, after we pass from this world. Um, and so, and then I get so my next question for you, Mitch, um, is what would it look like to be prepared to share the gospel, a.k.a. our hope. 
Oh, what does it look like to be prepared to share the gospel? Yeah. Um, I think it's, um, it's kind of like no one, no one wants you to, well, I mean, knowing Christ and knowing what he, um, has done for us. And so that we mm-hmm. can share it soundly, not, you know, I think sometimes you know something, but you, it's hard, it's hard to regurgitate it, I guess, if you, you don't know it soundly. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, and I think that's great. And I think kind of a quote that comes to mind for me, I think it was Albert Einstein who said this. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I'm going to butcher the quote. Um, but um, it just came to me when you mentioned that is this idea of like um, a really, really intelligent person um, who know like an expert, they can simplify it a subject to make it understandable for anyone. Um, and that's kind of how you know somebody is an expert in a situation. So we need to know the gospel, um, almost in an expert sense of way, where we can simplify it and tell someone about it, and then not be confused on what we're saying. Um, and so, um, yeah, so we this kind of idea, like, we need to know it in and out, um, in our hearts. That way we can share it in a way that is makes sense to people. Um, and so... Verse 15 talks about sharing the hope that we have whenever anyone asks you. And so Jesus talks about sharing hope, or sharing the gospel, sharing hope um, at times as well. He talks about it in the Great Commission, um, at the end of Matthew, um, when he says, go and make disciples and teach them um, everything that I've taught you and baptize them and so on. Um, and so, and then I think another area where this, um, Jesus also talks about how we live. Um at times, and he says that we are light of the world, a city on the hill. He talks about this in Matthew 5, 13, and 14. And so part of this is how we live shows people that we have our hope in Christ. And so that's part of this as well. Um, and so part of living, part of sharing our gospel, sharing the gospel is also living out the gospel and letting people see that. And so it's kind of this idea of being a light of the world, or a city on a hill, um, as Jesus talks about. And then we move on to this idea of, okay, um, so, so we get to the point where, hey, I've lived this out well, somebody asked me, or I, the time I can share it with someone, we get this idea of, okay, what do I say? And we talked about this a little bit earlier, is we got to be prepared to do this. And I think um, in Matthew ten nineteen it says, it talks about um, that we can trust God that he will give us the words to say when the time comes to share the gospel. Um, and to that type of thing. And so I think there's this there's, there's underlying idea that he's directly talking to the, his four disciples in that. And so, yes, he's going to give us the word to say, um, and we need to do that. But to do that and know the words that God wants to give us, um, and he's going to bring them back to mind for us once we've studied the word, once we seek after him and know that. And so, like, like I said, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And so, in this, he's talking to them and he's sending out the 12 disciples. And you have to think, okay, these 12 disciples, um, they have spent time with Jesus. So they know what Jesus is about, what Jesus is teaching, um, how Jesus is living in life, and all of these types of things. And so, they already know. And so when they get in a situation that might be pressure or anxiety-driven because you're like, oh, I don't know what to do, then they've already studied or know Jesus. I mean, like, we need to study the Word 
be in the Bible, know what Jesus talks about and tells us and what God teaches, so then we can better share the gospel. And God will bring those things back into our mind, um, and the Holy Spirit will do that work of reminding us. And so, um, yes, God gives us words to say. Um, he gives us those words in Scripture, and He'll bring them back to mind for us, but we also have to study Scripture to do that. Um, and so, the kind of way I want to land um, with this idea of um, we have to be prepared, always be prepared to share the hope that we have. Um, and living that out, part of that is living that out. And so, I will get another question for you, Mitch. Um, that's kind of a big question, so if you don't have an answer, that's okay. Um, but I just want to see what, see what your thoughts are. Um, what is the most effective way to share the gospel? Uh, the most effective way, I think, is um, actually being able to build a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. and then through that being able to just um, talk about the gospel through your daily you know activities or whatever if that's like through work or you know wherever your interaction is with this individual so yeah yeah um, and I think that really plays you know I, that's great because I think I wrote this verse because I'll read the verse for this again is but in your hearts that Christ is Lord, set apart Christ is Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. And so it's this idea of, like, people are going to ask you the hope that you have by watching you. And so it's kind of this idea of building that relationship that that person gets to know you or they're watching you, whether it's a coworker, whether it's a friend, um, or things like that. And then you might eventually get a chance and your God will, t- God will lead you, like, okay, this person ready to hear the gospel, or they might ask start asking questions and things like that. And so I think it's this idea of building a relationship. And so, and it's being selfless. And so, with that said, I know, um, Mitch, I, I think I heard this idea from you um, at one time, um, and uh, I have it down in my notes just as the coffee shop idea. Um, and so I told you guys we'd come back to coffee shops that we talked about at the beginning for a good while. Um, but coffee shop, um, I think... You might be able to explain it better, but I'll try to explain it, and that way you know what I'm talking about. So um, this idea of a coffee shop, of you go into a coffee shop, and you sit down at a table, and you put up a sign that says, um, I will buy you coffee if you listen to my story. Um, and so this idea, like, somebody buy, you'll buy somebody coffee if they come sit down and listen to you tell them your story. And so, um, and then also, then on the flip side of this, is this idea of, I used to down a coffee shop with a sign that says, I'll buy your coffee and I'll listen to you tell your story. Um, and there's this idea of the first one, not many people will do because they don't necessarily want to listen to your story, but the second one people will do because they want somebody to hear their story. Um, and especially if you're buying coffee. And um, is, it, is this clicking, ringing a bell, Mitch? Yes, actually it does. Um, and, and I think it's it's really interesting. Do you want me to try to explain it more, or what do you want me? Yeah, you try to explain it more. I know you. I was just trying to remind you. Yeah. Um, the idea is that uh, people want to be. They want to have a relationship. They want to be um, connected to someone, and they and they want someone to listen to them. Um, and I think that, and I think in this in our culture, I think it's really what I was talking about is our culture. Everybody is trying to get in. I guess the last word or talk about, and not very many people are just being ears and listening to people. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think there's and it kind of was referring to how we have a culture that's. Um, longing to be listened to and longing to be cared for. And Mm -hmm. if we, um, 
if we as Christians would just do a little more listening and not as much yeah. talking. Cause I think we do a lot of get up on the kind of the soapbox type thing and preach, do a lot of preaching and, um, from our ivory tower type idea. And, um, I think we need to, it is a big thing is to just listen and, uh, know what, what, how people are just doing, how they're doing in life and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that you're, you hit the nail on the head. And I think this goes back to what we're talking about in first Peter, um, here in this idea of, uh, the, we, we live out our faith and then people are curious about our hope and how we, why we live out our faith and that type of thing. And this reminded me of a quote, um, it says, it's, or it's, um, it's by a St. Francis of CC. Um, he lived a long time ago, um, uh, after, a couple centuries after Jesus, and um, he's, uh, I might not get quite right, right, but he said it quite right, but the, he says on the lines of, um, preach the gospel all the time and use words when necessary. And so it's this idea of we preach the gospel, we share the gospel all the time when we're just living out our lives, and sharing the gospel isn't always using words or telling somebody. It's how we live out our lives. And I think the deep truth of this idea of building a relationship with the idea of a coffee shop. People want that, want somebody to hear them, want to build that relationship, want somebody to really know them. And so we always have to be prepared, and we want to know how to do that, but before we even get to that point, we have to live out our life in a way that people are curious about it. And so I really think this is a, um, it's just crucial um, to how we share the gospel. And it's part of being the idea of being authentic um, in our lives and really uh, caring about people. Um, and so, yeah, I put, I wrote down here um, that sharing the gospel is loving others first. Um, and uh, at that point, you might want to hear what you believe or why you live, or, or why you live the way you do. Um, and so I think it's this idea of making people curious by how we live. Um, and do you have anything to add to that, Mitch? No, what I think it is good is I think people know you better or know, see Christ sometimes more than anything is how you live out your life. And if you, you can preach the word or, you know, the gospel as much as you want. Um, but at the end of the day, people are going to really watch your actions. They're going to, they want to know um, why you do what you do. And I think sometimes even the people, I know people that don't, they may not as vocal about, you know, the gospel, but they live, they live it out. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes those individuals have a much greater impact on uh, just society because of, because of how they live their life. And, and and they're not, and I think sometimes they're not obnoxious as Christians. I think sometimes we can get, I don't know, Mm -hmm. a little Bible thumpish in the face and it's a turnoff. I mean, I don't, I don't like, I don't like when people come telling me like, this is why you're wrong. And and then, I mm-hmm. mean, that's a turn off. But if I can watch someone yeah. live out and I can compare my life to their life and say, oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I might be doing something wrong here. Then I, yeah. I'm more willing to listen, I think. So, yeah. 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 And, and I know it talks about in this path and I think along with that, it talks about like sharing the hope that we have. Part of that is people can start to see that hope um, and that, type of thing when we are living out our faith. Um, it's not just what we tell them about it. It's something they start to notice prior to us even 
um, speaking any words about the hope that we have. So, yeah, so that's kind of where I want to land today. It's just this idea of, like, how we live really preaches the gospel. But, yes, sometimes we have to talk about it because people ask, and words are a way we communicate. And there's a lot of other ways we communicate the gospel, too, um, and how we live it out. So the challenge this week is just to live our lives in a way that makes people curious. Um, putting on the armor of God, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and then um, building those relationships and loving people and this idea of going to a coffee shop and buying other people coffee and listening to them their story. Um, listening can be a powerful way to um, show you care about someone. Um, when um, Sometimes we just need to close our mouths for a few minutes and let somebody else speak um, and share what's going on in their life. And I think that's super important. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of where I want to end today um, with this idea of we need to share our hope um, in Christ. Um, and sometimes we do it with words, but a lot of, you know, a lot of times it starts with um, living out our faith um, and doing it in a way that makes people curious and that people watch us. Um, and that kind of that old adage of um, we do what we say we do. Um, so we don't just talk, talk the walk, but we walk the walk type of a thing. Um, and uh, I think that might be simple, but simple in idea, but tough in theory and a uh, really crucial part of how we live out our faith. So, any last thoughts um, before we pray here, Mitch? I think one comment or statement you just made there towards the end um, is to live a life that makes people curious. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a really interesting idea, and I like that idea that um, if I'm living a life that makes people curious, especially for the gospel and why I'm living for the gospel, you're probably not doing what everybody else is doing and i think that's there's some really big things right there but i think the idea of living a life that makes people curious is kind mm-hmm. of is really interesting yeah. so yeah yeah all righty um well, that's our challenge for the week um live a life that makes people curious um as you're living out the gospel that that's our challenge for the week and um as we go out here and so yeah, I'll pray, and then we'll do our closing stuff and go from here. So, uh, Father, we um, thank you for the hope that you do give us um, in your Son and how he died for us, and he gives us abundant life um, to follow after you and a hope for the future um, beyond this world. And uh, we thank you for that. Um, and we also thank you for the opportunity and the privilege it is to be able to share the gospel. Um not something that we should take lightly, and we thank you for the privilege of that, uh, and to first live it out and make people curious, and then be able to share it with them through words. Um, and so, uh, God, we just ask that you, um, you make us seem like curious people to others. It's through your work that we live out the gospel, and through your work that ultimately makes other people curious about why we live the way we do. We thank you for the opportunity and the privilege of this is. Um, to know the gospel and to share it and to live it out. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ike, for that devotional for this week. It's that was really good. I think uh, I think it's always good to evaluate those type of things in life. Um, yeah, uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, you, you want to let us know where you can find you, Ike? Yep, you guys can find me at Ike's Flame on 
both Instagram and YouTube, um, and check me out there. Um, definitely going on, and then you also find me on Facebook at Aquatic. Cool, and you can also find um, us on the Outdoor Family, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. And I think that's all we got for you. Remember, everyone, always stay anchored. <laughs>